We get it. There's a virus making headlines in the news. But we've been around long enough to know that not all viruses are bad. In fact, some of them can be pretty cool. Stick with us on this pop culture flashback of some fun and forgotten contagions. Wash your hands. This is Wayback Attack. My name is Brian Grantham. Sitting across from me, as always, is Preston Burt. Preston. <laughs> Here, let me shake your hand. Uh, no, let's just, uh, how about we just fist bump on this episode? Uh, you gotta do elbows. Man. Oh yeah, do elbows. Yeah. Make it even more weird. <laughs> uh, so have you uh, been actively avoiding shaking hands? No. I've, okay. I found it harder than I than I anticipated. Like, I can even psych myself up for going somewhere and knowing I'm going to have to meet people. But just that it's a reflex, man, to just stick your hand out there. Then then once you do, then it's totally awkward to be like, oh, no, 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 no never mind. Let's just. Uh, okay. Do you meet people a lot? Uh, well, I had an event this past weekend. Oh, so oh that's right. I definitely did have that. But. Yeah. I was going <laughs> to say, because like, like I was trying to think, I don't really shake anybody's hand. Um, I will say uh, I was, um, I had a meeting with uh, some executives not too Ooh, long ago. Hoody, hoody. And, but they did not shake hands. Uh-huh. They And this was before the whole coronavirus thing, but they um, they wanted to do the fist bump, and I said, no, you got to do the elbows, and I showed them how to do the elbow thing. Yeah, I was at uh, the Days of the Dead convention a while ago. Um, I think I mentioned it on the show here, and um, – Rico Browning, who is a 92-year-old gentleman who played one of the, the Creature of the Black Lagoon, yeah. he had a sign out that says, no shaking hands, fist bumps only, got to watch out for flu. Uh-huh. And this is before the coronavirus uh-huh. thing, but that guy, he's a forward thinker. There you go. That's probably why he's been sticking around to be 92, because <laughs> he's not shaking everybody's hands like a like an idiot out there. When, when you went up to the table, did you go, ale, ale, Rico? I... No, I did you not. You should have. I'm sure you wouldn't have gotten it, but <laughs> Suave. <laughs> that was my favorite thing about Rico Suave. <laughs> it was so much fun to do that. I, I like the fact that that, Im- that <laughs> statement implies that there is numerous things to be uh, to like about Rico Suave, and that is just your favorite one. Yeah, that was, that was it. His hair is very nice. <laughs> His bandanas, they were very colorful. <laughs> so you've been washing your hands a lot more now? Nope. No? <laughs> I, I have taken no precautions uh, you know, I never get a flu shot. Do you get flu shots? Yeah, I get yeah. a flu shot. I don't get flu shots. Um, I used, I think I did it once, but I had a joke, a running joke where uh, I would tell people, they'd be like, oh, did you get a flu shot? I go, no, that's how the government controls your mind. And then I found out that that's actually real, uh, a real conspiracy. And so then I had to stop saying it because I didn't want people to think that I was crazy. Too late, Brian. <laughs> well, too late. Um, but yeah, no, I just. Uh, you know, I deal with a lot of people all the time and then I, I, I purposely don't wash my hands, uh, so that I can build up my immune system, uh, when I eat like sandwiches and stuff, you know, I don't go as far as to lick my fingers after oh, eating, gosh. but, uh, but I, I, I'm not worried. Well, it has made me hyper aware of uh-huh. stuff like touching your face. And... Oh dude, I touch my eyes all the time. I just oh, cannot gosh. stop touching my eyes. And then I'm, it makes me more aware of other people too. Like you mentioned a video that's circulating around about people warning don't touch your face and then they immediately touch their face or uh-huh. wipe their nose or something horrible like when you're watching for it yes you see it all the time and then you're like "Ooh, i don't want to touch that because they just touch their face but uh me for me the problem is washing hands not actually washing hands but my hands are naturally dry anyway yeah I got to carry lotion around with me now because they get so cracked and horribly gross. See, I, I will say this is going to be uh, me letting you in a little bit oh, please, uh, on me. Uh, I have a thing where I don't like stuff on my hands. Uh-huh. Like, like I don't like ribs or chicken wings, stuff like that. I would rather eat boneless because to me it's not worth the effort for the amount of meat you get compared to the mess that it makes. You're not and alone then, in this. And but... then I have to clean my hands. But it's also stuff like um, lo- I hate lotion. 
I just if if my hands feel weird, like uh-huh. I hate that. And so um washing your hands. I worked at a hospital for a while. I ran security for a couple hospitals. And you have more jobs. <laughs> Dude, I have done everything. Dude, your job history is insane. <laughs> we need to make a whole podcast episode just about your job history. My favorite thing about these hospitals is they have uh like it's it's basically like Purell, but it was foam. And they have it next to the door in every room in the hospital so that as a doctor or nurse would enter, they could do it. And then when they leave, they do it also. Um, and sometimes, like like running security, sometimes you have to get physical with people. And most of the time, those people are filthy uh, because they're, like, covered in stuff from, uh. or from like, being on crazy drugs and, like, you know, I, I don't know, just stuff. Ick. like. Uh, and so uh, I use that stuff a lot just because uh, it's – you know, it evaporates. It doesn't leave anything on your hands. And so I'm fine with that. And sometimes now I, I will use like Purell stuff, but, uh, for the most part, like I just, if something gets on my hands, I just hate that. I just hate like feeling stuff on my hands. Mm-hmm. I just want them to be natural. <laughs> <laughs> Naturally germy. Well, uh, so we're not going to bog you down with all the current new stuff. Cause that's everywhere. It's on, it's paranoia. It's, it's all over the headlines. It'll make you psycho if that's all you think about. So we thought we'd theme an episode, however, around viruses and sickness and stuff, but in a good way. So we got some really good, uh, really good fun things that you might not have remembered or, or you might have forgotten over the years that we'd like to refresh your memory on. Um, before we do some of the more fun stuff, I thought we'd talk about a few of the pieces that probably everybody thinks we're going to talk about uh-huh. um, when they saw the episode title or heard the intro. We're not talking about the movie Outbreak. Because that would be tropey. I'm sure everybody's talking about the movie Outbreak. But it's so good, and the monkey is so cute. And <laughs> and do the, you think it was the same monkey from Friends? No, but they did that. <laughs> like, so they tied Marcel to like they filmed the sequel to Outbreak or something like that. Uh-huh. And Marcel was the monkey. Wow. And so 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 Friends and Outbreak are in the same universe. Or, <laughs> yeah, well, I guess not in the same universe because they that was a movie in Friends. So. But yeah, oh, that's cool. All right. So, uh, and then we're not going to talk about, yeah, this is the list of things we're not going to talk about. <laughs> uh, Hot Zone, the book by Richard Preston, which uh-huh. was, people thought is what Outbreak was based on, yeah. but no, that they just bought the, they just made that movie when they found out another studio bought the rights to the Hot Zone. I also thought that. I loved the movie Outbreak so much as a kid. I bought the Hot Zone thinking that it was not the novelization of, but the, what, the source material. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I just never could get into it. And, you know, I, I remember specifically the cover of that book's artwork fading, uh, sitting in the back windshield of my mother's Bu- Buick Century. And so it's uh, that that book holds a place in my heart, <laughs> even though I never read it. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. My wife read it, I think, in um, in high school. Like uh-huh. it was a it was a book that they doled out as assigned reading. Huh. Um, we have it on our shelves. I have yet to read it. So that is another reason why we're not going to be talking about it. Yeah. I didn't read it. I feel like I might still own it, but maybe not. I don't know. Uh, a couple things that I could talk about. I'd love to talk about, uh-huh. but I don't want to be a bummer. So we won't maybe save her left another time are two horror movies yeah. that are virus themed. And that is the stand. Yes. Stephen King. Well, it's a book too, but uh, I remember watching the, the mini series. Hey, I like, as we've talked about before, I hate Stephen King monster stories. Uh-huh. Stands perfect. Yes. Cause not... it, it is a character piece and no monster, no stupid monster. Yeah. It was, it's good. So uh, check it out. It's great, great, great work of fiction. And then also another movie, more definitely much more horror uh-huh. like traditional horror yeah cabin fever yes that movie is so good my, <laughs> is that eli roth directed that one uh, probably i think so my favorite part of that movie is there's a part where someone's like they they're i think they're running from somebody or something but they pick up their foot and their foot comes off at the ankle and oh, then they like step my down and, gosh oh i, I, love I dude <laughs> i'm cringing over here oh uh. That, that movie oh. is so good. I usually don't like like torture stuff, but uh, I, you know, there's no technically, I guess, no torturing in that. But it's gruesome. The to way a like point their of, skin like comes oh off their gosh, body and stuff. Oh, this. it's so good. Uh, <laughs> is Ryder Strong in that movie? I have no idea. Do you know who Ryder Strong is? I'm very bad with names. Uh, he's from Boy Meets World. Oh, he's he's the friend. Yes, is he in that movie? Uh, yes, I think so. I think so. I think you're right. Yeah. Okay, that's what I remember. What's his name in Boy Meets World? He has Je- not Jesse. He has cool hair. What's his name? 
I don't and know. Boy Meets World. I don't know. Oh. Corey, Topanga, yeah, and... Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. His uh, dad was famous in that show. I don't remember who his dad was. Uh, and then something else we're not going to talk about, but it this one actually isn't bad. If you haven't played the the, the board game oh, yes. Pandemic uh-huh. or Pandemic The Cure or Pandemic Legacy or they have all of these different things, highly recommended. Such a fun game. I, I have been thinking a lot about that board game because everyone is saying the word pandemic. And every time I hear it on, on like NPR or something, I always think of the board game. Yeah, I guarantee you uh, the, people who make, the people who make Purell, the people who oh, make yeah. the Lysol wipes, and the people who make ban- the pandemic board game are racking it up right uh-huh. now. Oh, yeah. Because it, that, that word is on every the front of everybody's brain. And I feel like they probably sell pandemic like at target and stuff. And so, you know that people have to uh, be shopping and then they see that and they go, Oh, this will be hilarious to buy this. Mm-hmm. And so kind of like how I brought over Corona beer for us to drink while yeah. we're t- uh-huh. <laughs> talking about this episode <laughs> of the podcast. All right. Those are a few of the things we're not going to be talking about. Let's get to a few of the things we are. Ah! A deadly virus through a small California town. We got 19 dead. We got 100 more infected. It's spreading like a brush fire. What are you talking about? If a team of dedicated doctors can't find a cure, the military has a solution. You're going to wipe out the town. They're going to kill all those people. You can't do that. Dustin Hoffman, Rene Russo, Morgan Freeman. Outbreak, rated R. Now playing at a theater near you. All right, so we're using virus as a theme for the show here. Uh-huh. And so technically, this next one doesn't really classify as virus material. So we're, we're mentioning this one as an honorable mention. Okay. But I cannot miss an opportunity to talk about Slim Goodbody. What is that? Are you serious? Yeah, I've never, never heard of that before. How, you're a child of the 80s and you don't know who Slim Goodbody is. Uh-uh. <laughs> oh my gosh! It's the real Slim Goodbody. No, no, it's not Slim Shady. It's <laughs> Slim Goodbody. Uh, so it's a fictional character uh-huh. performed by this guy John Bernstein, and I, I, you're just gonna have to watch. It. Okay, so okay, go look up. Uh, oh, uh, I want you to see a song. He's a song. Okay. Look up Slim Goodbody. Uh-huh. Down, down, down. Okay, and let's watch this together. All right. So I will describe what is happening this while we're watching it. Story of okay, it's about digest- down, digestion. Down, down. And here to tell you about it is the one and only Slim, Slim Goodbody. Body's coming. You know who he reminds me of? Wait, wait, describe what okay. you're seeing. Okay, so there is this guy uh, that has uh, this awesome perm, and then um, he has like a skin suit on that you could see. The part of the skeletal system, nervous system, muscle, musculature. Um, he's dancing around what appears to be the inside of his stomach. Uh, go. Look at those moves, yeah. dude. He's doing like the hoedown move. Gosh, this is like if um, Bob Ross, picture Bob Ross, but wearing a skin tight, a skin tight suit that shows the inside of his body. Yeah, and if he shaved. Yes. So you want? So I will tell you. Do you remember Inside Out Boy? Uh, no. It was on Nickelodeon. It, it, this reminds me of Inside Out. Boy. Oh, right. it was a claymation. Yeah, he spun around the swing set and turned inside out. Oh, right, uh-huh. right. Ooh, wait. When you were a baby, your body was small. <laughs> okay. Now you grow bigger and very much taller. Because so what was this on? <laughs> what wasn't this on? Was this like a PBS thing? All right, you can. All right, you can. Yeah, sing it though. Food is the fuel that keeps us alive. Food is the fuel that gives us the drive. Food is the fuel that keeps us on the go. You gotta eat right if you want to grow. You gotta eat right if you want to all right. Oh, he's miming eating. He was the way he. You could tell he was a real mime the way he did that. <laughs> he's a pro. All That's right. all I gotta say. <laughs> all right. So you'll never get that one minute and forty seven seconds of your life back. But why would you want? Why wouldn't you want to? Because this is uh, uh, amazing. Uh, so Slim Goodbody. He's been around for a while, man. Since the 
since the 70s, I think. I love the way that you said that because in my mind, I immediately go, oh, he's still doing it today because you're like, he's been around for a while. So I picture this like, uh, I don't know, let's say an 80-year-old man in the same suit like being like, oh, my bones don't work quite as well as they used to. <laughs> so, spoiler alert, he still does this thing. No, he doesn't. Hang on. All right, we'll get to it. We'll <laughs> oh get to it. Goodness. So this guy, John Bernstein, um, he started doing this stuff uh, like uh, 1976 was when he first appeared twice a week on the CBS show Captain Kangaroo. Okay. So this is kind of the origin of it. Um, he was working at a hospital in New York City and began writing songs to entertain kids. Okay. So it comes out of a very you know heartfelt place, yeah. very charitable um, teaching them about anatomy and the human body. But then instead of just singing songs, he decided he'd get a skin suit <laughs> and paint all the organs on there and give himself an alter ego of slim, good body. So I, I don't know. On the Wikipedia, it decides to let you know that each costume costs about $4,000. No way. I, I, don't know, I don't know why it would cost that Collectors, much. maybe? Uh, who? No, like... I think for him to make it, no. I don't think it's about for him to buy it. He, I mean, he just buys a bodysuit. Well, you got to get a pro to do it, man. You you want it to look good. But I mean, um, nowadays you would just print it. I just, I can't. Something was disturbing. The the reason this is in my mind is because I saw this as a kid. Uh huh. And something was disturbing. Not just like, like it wasn't like oh his skin's removed and it looks <laughs> realistic like someone got skinned alive and there's organs and stuff. Uh huh. It was just. So weird to see this, see this white guy with this afro, with a like a skin tight suit that's uh-huh. skin colored, running around doing horrible dances and singing horrible songs. It was one of those morbidly curious, captivating things. You just like you when it came on, uh-huh. you couldn't take your eyes off of it. And I guess you learned a few facts here and there. <laughs> so not all episodes. Uh, or not all topics were, of course, about digestion. He uh-huh. he talked uh, uh, about a lot of different things: um, uh, safety, bullying. Um, Why he well, talked like, about how does this inside-out man talk about bullying? Well, it's These a progression. What the bruises look like when the bully hits you. He talks about anatomy mostly, but then you know he runs. You can only talk about anatomy <laughs> so much. Here's the musculoskeletal system. Let's talk about your feelings. So. Um, but he was on Captain Kangaroo, Nickelodeon. Oh, huh. he had a series of books, and um, but I, what I wanted to tell you about was we've actually talked about him unknowingly before. Oh, he was in the Super Bowl ad for Radio Shack with oh, all really? of those other things. Was he dressed up that way? Yes. No. Yes. Wow. So he's been he's been kicking it. For for quite a while, you can actually go to slimgoodbody.com and see how he looks now. Does he still have the fro? He does not, sadly. Oh. Sadly. Here's his, here's his about me. Slim Goodbody, the costume character created by John Bernstein, has been championing children's health for over 40 years. Wow. Currently, his productions are seen by millions of children on Discovery Education. His live shows tour theaters around the country, teaching thousands of children every year. In addition, Slim's the author of 50 children's books. His work has been honored with awards from Parents' Choice, the Corporation of Public Broadcasting, the Pe- President's Council, excuse me, the President's Council on Physical Fitness and Sports, and the World Health Organization. So my man Slim is out there helping the world. He he's really missing the opportunity to have a contract with the bodies exhibits and so like the whole time you're walking through like looking at stuff he's just dancing down the aisles being no, like check no. out those bones <laughs> the whole time you're walking through and then you just see this exhibit and you think it's a guy finally frozen with his skin on and then he starts dancing <laughs> and showing you them the bones and bones gonna walk around once but, he once once the dementia starts to set in, he'll just get like all that stuff tattooed on him, and he'll just he'll pop up in random places naked and be like, "Oh no, it's Slim again." Yeah. So uh, we've talked about Slim Goodbody for a little bit now. Um, <laughs> it doesn't necessarily translate well on the podcast. You really have to either know what we're talking about or have seen him in the past. So if you haven't, by all means, please go visit um, YouTube, check out what we, the video we were watching, 
and then look at him today, slimgoodbody.com. My man is still working it. <laughs> Way to go, Slim. There's a lot of different types of viruses uh, out there, um, but one of the viruses that I want to speak about uh, got me into one of my favorite viruses. <laughs> it got me into a certain actor. Okay. Um, so I want to talk about Cyrus Grissom, which is played by John Malkovich in Con Air. <laughs> he is Cyrus the Virus. <laughs> oh my gosh. Cyrus the Virus. Dude, Con Air was such a great movie. Did you watch it when you were a kid? I did. I haven't watched I wish I had really paid attention to what you were going to talk about so I could watch it again. Um, I have not watched it recently, but it was one of the ones that after it came out, I watched it on VHS. Yeah. Like over and over. It was like golden age. Uh, well, I guess not golden age, Nick Cage. Um, <laughs> because I, I guess you would say you're like Raising Arizona would be that. But this like this time period in his acting in his acting career, like with like Face Off and Con Air, The Rock. Yeah, dude. Like this was like perfect time for him. And then one of his perfect enemies uh, is played by John Malkovich. Uh, and um, dude, like. Basically, he is. A, Does John Malkovich have a Russian accent in this one too? No, he just talks normal. Okay. <laughs> um, he, uh, but he has. He's he's like a super smart guy uh, that has been murdering people and committing crimes since he was fourteen, and uh, he is on this plane and winds up getting escaping from uh, his handcuffs when uh, Dave Chappelle catches this guy on fire. Uh, and, uh, so like all this stuff breaks loose, uh, uh, Cyrus, the virus pulls this needle out from that he has stuck into his finger. He pulls it out uh-huh. and uses it to get the handcuffs off of him. And then he steals a gun and takes over the plane and, um, winds up at the end of the movie being bested by Nicolas Cage and having a spoiler alert, a rock crusher fall on his head. <laughs> What a way to go. I know. So one of one of the crazy things about Cyrus the Virus is that uh, when you look up stuff about him, um, fandom has a Wikipedia – or I guess a wiki, art, wiki entry of, of Cyrus the Virus. And I'm just going to read some of this to you. So they do like uh, – you remember those comic book cards when you were a kid? Uh-huh. Like on the back it would have like people's stats. superpowers and yeah. stats and stuff. So, they, so full name, Cyrus Grissom. Alias the virus, Cyrus and Cyrus the virus. <laughs> uh, so origin movie Con Air, blah 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 blah. blah. Hobbies: killing people, <laughs> committing abysmal crimes, antagonizing Cameron Poe. <laughs> Cameron Poe. <laughs> so er- everything, of course, is just going to relate to this one movie because there is no sequel. Um, but I thought you were going to tell me there was like fan fiction about Cyrus. I'm sure there is. Yeah, he's a handsome dude. Um, <laughs> it, his type of he, the type of villain he is. He's a terroristic crime lord. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, the uh, his it, occupation is criminal mastermind and murderer. <laughs> I feel so like I feel bad because I can see flashes of scenes of this movie in my head. Uh-huh. I, can, I I can picture them, you know, chained in the in the airplane. Yeah, I, I can picture big explosions. Uh-huh. Do you but, picture Nicolas Cage going, "Put the bunny down." <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do applaud your <laughs> applaud your impression there. That was genius. Uh, but no, I feel bad because this movie is better than this. But it's boiled down to when I think of Con Air, I only think of that animated gif of him stepping off the bus yes. with his hair blowing in the breeze, shaking it off and feeling the taste of, this, of freedom. Man, Nicolas Cage's southern accent is so bad. Oh, my gosh. It's the worst thing ever. Uh, you know, this... This movie, um, gosh, I wish I, I wish I had looked up to see who made it because it's almost <laughs> like uh, it's almost I, I would almost say it's like a Michael Bay flick, right? Because like to me, it's it's on the same level as like a Bad Boys or something like that with uh-huh. like the the craziness and explosions. 
Uh, you know, it's it's got a really good cast of character, cast of actors playing different characters, because uh, like Steve Buscemi's in it, um, is it Ving Rhames I think is in it, uh, um, John Cusack, yeah, John in Cusack, it? Nicolas Cage, uh, John Malkovich, uh, Dave Chappelle. Um, Look, I did your work for you. Okay, so it's directed by Simon West, so not a okay. Michael Bay. Simon West has also directed. Um, the Rick Astley never gonna give you up. Really, he directed the music video. It said video short. Yeah. Oh wow, that's awesome. Uh, the Budweiser Budweiser Frogs and Trucks video. Dude, this guy is a <clears throat> hit maker. And then he went on to direct such subpar fare as The General's Daughter. Uh, I think that's a John Travolta movie, right? Yes, Lara Croft Tomb Raider. Uh huh. Um, and then it just goes down from there. Oh. Uh, Expendables Two. Okay. There we go. Okay. Well, you uh, know, they I bet they picked him because of this movie. Because like this this movie is over the top. Right. Yeah, and you want that for yes. expendables. Uh-huh. So but yeah, you know And they did the mechanic. There you go. Okay. But yes, uh the virus that uh I adore uh is going to be Cyrus the virus Grissom. This one's done it all. Kidnapping, robbery, murder, extortion. Foxtrot, Charlie, perimeter is secure. You are clear to release. His name is Cyrus Grissom, a.k.a. Cyrus the Virus. 39 years old, 25 of them spent in our institutions. But he's bettered himself inside, earned two degrees, including his Juris Doctor. He also killed 11 fellow inmates, incited three riots, and escaped twice. Likes to brag that he killed more men than cancer. Okay, open wide. Lift your tongue. Cyrus is a poster child for the criminally insane. He's a true product of the system. What's that supposed to mean? What is he, one of these sociopaths? Okay, so... When you think of the name Worlds of Wonder... Yes. What does that bring to mind? Well, it makes me think of toys from my childhood. Okay, specifically what? Do you remember anything? I can't give you specifics. Oh, you have something from it right down there. Oh, on the Teddy Rupskin. T- yeah, Teddy. Teddy what? <laughs> I, I, that's how I said it as a child. <laughs> it's Teddy Ruxpin. There you go. <laughs> Teddy Ruxpin and also famously Laser Tag. Yes, okay. Okay. I have a Laser Tag thing too. Oh, that's right, yeah. So um, Worlds of Wonder was not a top tier necessarily toy company like uh-huh. not a hasbro not a mattel but they did have some hits but they also had some flops too mm-hmm. and one of those flops is my choice for my favorite virus which is a toy called germs now i'm a little loosey-goosey here with this one too because i don't think any of them are actual viruses but this is a toy line of 12 different germs you could collect and play with in test tubes. And here's their spiel on the back of their cards. Germs are everywhere. You smell them. You touch them. Your best friends have germs. Even your family has germs. Now you can collect them, trade them, gross people out with them. Germs are sealed in test tubes for your protection. Each germ comes with its own unique lab report telling you everything you need to know and some things you probably don't want to know. Remember... Don't let them out. So I have sent you the link to look at the various germs that you can mm-hmm. that you can p- purchase or collect. Do you remember these things? I do at not. All? No, but I will say they could not even change the packaging, and they could sell this today, and it would sell like crazy because this is very similar to toys that are out today. Yeah this this came out in 1988, uh-huh. which I think this is this is probably around the time of. Uh, Mad balls and uh-huh. other gross out toys. Uh-huh. I think this totally fits in the line with that timeline. Um, but you're right. Yeah, this is something that could definitely be out today and not just because of the current viral fears. But, you know, kids like gross stuff yeah. and it, the packaging holds up pretty it, well. And it's and it's also like it looks like it's like a squishy toy, you know, like so these toys always reminded me of like fishing lures. Like mm-hmm. I love fishing lures when I was a kid and like those worms and stuff because it was the same type of materials what this looks like. Yeah. So all these germs come on uh, a red backed card and they all come in a test tube and they're all different colors. 
They look squishy. I don't know if they are or not. But here's where they get weird is their names, which are the worst names imaginable. <laughs> so total 12 were produced. Here's one. Ah, ah, chusiosis. This one sounds like a, um, the one I'm about to say sounds like a, a, this is a British toy. The muggy wumpiosis. Right. Yeah. That's an, there's also sweaty stink, stinkiosis, sweaty stinkiosis. Um, but some of them are so just weird that I can't even, you know, as a almost 40 year old man, I can't, I can't <laughs> read them and pronounce them. But Uchia, chick, I don't even know, an itch, a giggle, belly button lint, a cough. Eyeball goo. There, there's one that's called giggity giggity itis. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> is, that, is that from a Family Guy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> guy that gets giggity? Uh-huh. Giggity. Oh, my gosh. So uh, I never play with these, but I'm all for them. I'm glad I discovered them because of this show. This is one of those things where, you, I mean, you know, the show may spike the price of them. But if you want to <laughs> get one, you can find one new. I'm looking at a 1988 muggy wump, wumpiosis, uh-huh. mint on card, twenty nine ninety five and six ninety five shipping, and that's new old stock. That's oh yeah, that's sealed on card, baby. The the crazy thing to me is, I I feel like that's an overinflated price to begin with. Right. How much do you think these sold like originally? Ten bucks? No, no. You don't think so? I mean, the card, I don't know. I don't know how big it is. I it guess looks like a carded action figure size, yeah. maybe a little bit bigger. Um, so if it could fit on a peg hook. I'm thinking this thing sold for five bucks tops. Yeah. Yeah. But that's like... In 80s prices. That's like $30. So that's like $13 now. <laughs> 14 maybe. Anyway, uh, we always like to find something new and exciting, and this one made me smile. So go check out some germs, collect them in test tubes, and stay safe and have fun at the same time. When we first uh, came up, or I guess when, when you had talked to me about what the topic of this episode would be, the very first thing that I thought of was computer viruses. Because when I was younger, I thought computer viruses were so cool. Did you ever go through this phase? <laughs> uh, well, I watched the movie Hacker, so yeah, I thought it was cool. <laughs> I, I bet I still have it somewhere. I have a 3.5 floppy with some virus on it that I was like, I'm going to use this one day for something. And so I saved it <laughs> like uh, somewhere around Super here. villain Brian. Um, uh, so uh, one of the biggest uh, computer viruses uh, that made a big deal in, in the year 2000 in the year 2000 uh, was the I Love You virus. Uh, do you remember this virus? I think so. This is the one where it emailed everybody in your uh, contacts uh-huh, yeah. and said, I love you. Yeah. And then it had a link or something. Yeah. And then it infected all of their contacts yeah. and sent them an email. It, it's such a cool idea. Like the way that they used human emotion in order to spread this virus. Mm-hmm. Uh, because so it, what it looked like was a text file. And so even computer savvy people would see, oh, it's not an executable file. I have nothing to worry about. But what they did is they took advantage of the way that Windows uh, read file names back then. Mm. And so it would be, it was like the file name was called love letter for you dot txt. And it was a dot VBS, which is the type of file it was. But the way Windows read it is it would read up to the first period from right to left and then show everything before that. And so when you looked at it in your email, it just said love letter for you dot txt. Uh-huh. And, um, and so basically then, you know, a lot of people would be curious about this, like, Oh my goodness. Cause it came from someone that they knew and it's a love letter for you. So then they would double click on it to read it and it would run this uh, program on their computer. And, um, it did a bunch of, th- a bunch of stuff. So, uh, because, um, you, uh, it took all your contacts from outlook and, 
sent them the exact same thing that you had just gotten so that everybody in your Outlook uh, contact list would, would spread it as well. Uh, but it also did things like it didn't delete them, but it hit all of your MP3s. Oh gosh, what a nightmare! Yeah. And then, but it did also like it did ruin other files and overwrite them, and would eventually like ruin your machine where it couldn't boot up anymore. Um, but this uh, this virus uh, was started in the Philippines by um, by these two guys, and the crazy thing about it was when they eventually got caught because they what they wound up doing was tracing it back to the ISP. And then this phone number that was accessing the ISP's uh, servers. And there was no, in the Philippines, there was no law about something Computer like this. Virus stuff. Right. And so they didn't get any trouble. Oh, my gosh. They wound up making a law afterwards. But they were trying to pin something on them for this. And so they figured maybe we can get them on credit card fraud because they had used these, like, credit cards in order to pay the ISP. Like, they were trying to come up with stuff uh, in order to hit them. They didn't make any money. This is just purely chaotic stuff, right? right? Uh-huh. The um, the the guy uh, – so it was, two, it was two different people. It was um, this guy – who I'm going to butcher these names – Rayonel Ramones and Onel de Guzman. Um, and uh, one of them had done this thing. At, at, he was going to the school. Uh, oh, maybe this, this wasn't this virus. Anyways, so because there were no laws about malware and, and that kind of thing, um, they were released after they caught them. All the charges were dropped by the state prosecutors. Uh, and then the Philippine Congress enacted a Republic Act, uh, and uh, they called it the e-commerce law uh, in July of 2000, two months after the the worm hit. Um, but this this the amount of damage that this did to everybody because it started in the Philippines, and uh, basically what they did on on May 5th, they uploaded or they uploaded it and started emailing it out, and the way that it hit the earth because. You know the time the the time it was early in the morning uh-huh. and so like everybody's it, getting to work right checking their email it rolled across and you know and it, it was mainly through Outlook stuff uh, because people were accessing their work computers using Outlook and and so um, but you could see it the wave hit yeah. across East Coast Central yeah. Mountain yeah and the um this uh this particular um virus. It, you could uh, – the type of file it was, you could easily alter it. So you could fix it if you knew what you were doing. And you could – like by using by using the file type, you could go in and get your MP3s unhidden and stuff like that. Uh, but because it was easy to alter, they had signed it. Uh, and so like other people were changing the signatures in it to like their names. Oh, no. And so like people were – other people were claiming the – basically uh. – and and and, uh, and then they were also changed change it just from like just doing signatures to uh, just different notes like to other hackers and stuff like that and so like there was a lot of different versions of this I'm sure a lot of people virus. got some knocks on the door yeah so <laughs> thinking uh, they were the originators the, do do you know the pet shop boys yes okay so they actually uh, these events inspired the song email uh, and this this album that they had come out was a top ten album. Uh, but the the lyrics um, were talking about the human desires uh, and the mass destruction of the the computer infection that that happened. So that would be so you know, especially because these guys didn't get put in jail or or really any punishment. That would be the coolest stinking fun factoid at uh-huh. a work meet and greet. <laughs> you know, like oh, introduce yourself, tell us something fun about you. Uh, well, in 2000, I created the I Love You virus that caused $4 billion worth of damages and I escaped scot-free. Yeah, I, I, I wonder what these guys are doing is basically what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I wonder that too <laughs> because the um, the crazy thing about it is like like that would be a cool thing to say. Uh, but also like you would think that it would be hard to get a job if anybody knew that. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you said four billion. Unless you're doing security or like. Yeah. That, if you're if you. A reverse you know, that's where a lot of these people go to right. once they actually when when they when they grow up and stop being like a teenager or like early twenties. They, they stop being zero cool. Once they get busted, <laughs> they're like, oh, <laughs> might as well help out. Uh, but you said four billion. This this actually this virus caused an estimated fifteen billion dollars uh, in order to remove it because it had spread so much. Uh, at the time, it was like the biggest worm that had hit. Um, 
in 10 days, over 50 million infections had been reported. Uh, and it was 10% of the internet connected computers in the world had been affected. Oh, wow. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Um, the, it, I just couldn't imagine having to try to fix that problem. Yeah. Well, it, it's funny though. Cause like now it seems almost so quaint. Uh-huh. Uh, yes, it caused some mayhem and, and super frustration against people, but it wasn't the stuff now where they like ruin your life. Right, we ruin your lives with with these viruses, and they try to scam people out of money to to get them removed, and mm-hmm. or take over your machine and get all your private data and all this stuff. But even most this of that, sweet, yeah, says, I love you. Most of that stuff, though, isn't even virus related, because um, most of that stuff is like people. It's just con artists that convince someone to connect yeah, yeah. to a thing. Virus viruses in general. Uh, you know, I'm sure there are plenty of viruses out there, right? But in general, it's not like it was back in this time. Right. No, that's a that's a true virus. Most of the stuff now makes you think it's a virus. It's yeah. just malware uh-huh. that pops up a sign that right. says, we've taken over your computer, send us money. Yeah. The, um, you know, you have to think back in this time period, this was like Napster, right? Mm-hmm. And dude, back then, so we had Napster and LimeWire and BearShare, and people were passing files around oh, back yeah. and forth. There were so many viruses going around at this time. <laughs> and but um, but yeah, nowadays, you know, back then you you almost had to have really good virus protection on your computer. Well, that's what it was. It was Norton antivirus. Yeah, that and McAfee. And then you had, but and you still would get infected sometimes uh-huh. if they weren't fast enough. And nowadays, just like Windows, Windows uh, security. Firewall does does pretty much everything you need. So, ah, the good old days of computer <laughs> viruses. They are super cool. <laughs> I, I always thought that was so awesome. So, hey everyone, listen up your attention, if you please. We want to give you a warning because I found out this morning about a dangerous, insidious computer. So, I think it's fitting that the last thing we talk about is some virus that you and I both are already infected with. Oh, I can feel it. Can you feel it? I can feel it. People over the air, can you hear this? You may be able to feel it too because you probably have it as well. And that is Pac-Man Fever. Did you remember listening to this song growing up? Or is <laughs> no, it just a trope in TV shows? It is It is not something that I remember at all as a child, <laughs> um, but it is something that I have grown to embrace as an adult. Yes. Yeah, it was a little bit too young for me because, um, uh, you know, I was born in 1980, uh-huh. so Pac-Man Fever didn't come out for uh, until 82, but... It it had such an impact then that it carried on for years, yeah. um, and would be used in. I mean, it's it's utilized in TV shows today. You can find uh, you can find Pac-Man Fever references on South Park and on Family Guy. It was in the Rose Bowl parade. It's like when we talk about pop culture, uh-huh. I think we throw around that term a lot. Uh, I think we throw that term around kind of loosely, right? of having pop culture relevance and all this kind of stuff. Just because you have a TV show, it, it doesn't necessarily make it popular. Right. But this was the embodiment of popular culture. It was everywhere. I'm sure I listened to this at some point because as a, when I was a kid, 
I loved Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. Like Pac-Man was one of my favorite things in the world. I had Pac-Man sheets. I had like my mom's friends made me Pac-Man stuff. Like Pac-Man was my jam. I watched like uh, I watched the Pac-Man cartoon. I had Pac-Man uh, color forms. Like Pac-Man was my jam. I'm sure I heard it at some point. And the weird thing is. I had the, I think it was a show and tell, um, but it was like a TV with a record player on top and you put in like this like film strip and it would like play, you would play the record and it would pop things up and came with a book also like I had a mm-hmm. Gremlins one and some other ones. But so I, I had records back then that I would listen to on that and you would think that I would have had this. So I don't know. Maybe my mom just dropped the ball on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, you might've had the, uh, the little 45 of it or something, but um you know, yes, we're talking directly about the song, uh-huh. but the song is totally referencing what you were just talking about with Pac-Man being everywhere. You know, the 1980 <laughs> video game, it, you know, some video games that had already been around, Asteroids, uh-huh. Pong, uh, but when Pac-Man hit, it just blew up the arcade industry and it was a cultural zeitgeist of just video games, arcades, uh, and it was everywhere. It was, like you mentioned, it was lunchboxes. Cereal. Oh, cereal. Oh, that was actually good. some some good cereal, <laughs> solid cereal. The cartoon, everything. But so uh, just for uh, fun, the Pac-Man Fever album. Oh, I lied. Pac-Man Fever was released as a single in 1981. And became a top ten hit, peaking at number nine. That's crazy. Number nine <laughs> on the March 1982 Billboard Hot 100. So that's where I got the 1982 from. Um, it was gold certified by RIAA, selling over a million copies. And the as of 2008, it sold 2.5 million copies. So what you may not know, listener, is that there was a whole album. So Pac-Man Fever song was the one that really hit it big but it was off of an album of the same name and those had uh eight different songs on it we had pac-man fever froggy's lament which was about frogger Uh ode to a centipede centipede do the donkey kong yes which was the like (laughs) that was the probably the second biggest single hyperspace which is about what do you think uh galaga close asteroids Uh the defender uh, spoiler Defender. alert about Defender, <laughs> Mousetrap about Mousetrap. The board and then, game, and then my, I actually like this one, uh, more than Donkey Kong. Do the Donkey Kong, but going berserk. Yes, about berserk. Berserk. Yeah. So, um, this is by the band Buckner and Garcia, um, and Jerry Buckner, Gary Garcia, not Jerry Garcia, <laughs> Gary Garcia. Jerry Buckner, and then you had some of the other musicians on there, Mike Stewart and Chris Bowman, Rick Hinkle, Larry McDonald, Jenny Whitaker, and Dave Cole. Now, I've actually gotten to become a little bit of friends Uh with Jerry Buckner Mm -hmm. because of running the Southern Fried Gaming Expo. The first year we were running it, we're thinking about guests. And... I'm trying to think of, you know, who's somebody that has ties to gaming and who's, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to just do the same old, same old. And so I try to think of inventive guests. Right. And I don't know how it popped into my head, but I remembered in the mall that we have near us, it's now called um, Discover Mills or uh-huh. now called Sugar Loaf Mills. Uh-huh. And uh, they had a section of the mall. So this is one of these big, gigantic uh yeah. Outlet malls, indoor. It's not outlet though, is it? I think it is. Oh, so it's like a gurney mills. Um, it's an awesome mall. It is. It's really cool. But they have. It's so big that they have like themed sections of the mall. Uh huh. And one was themed for Georgia music, uh, like musicians out of Georgia. Uh-huh. And I, it flashed in my mind, a picture of a Pac-Man lunchbox and the Pac-Man Fever album, and I was like, if they had Pac-Man Fever highlighted in this section on Georgia musicians, it must mean that these Georgia, these guys are from Georgia. Uh-huh. And so I looked up, I found, I found Jerry Buckner lives in the town, like two towns over and he could come down and say, Hey, to, to Southern fried and, and um, give a panel discussion and meet and greet and sign some autographs. And he is just 
the nicest guy. Yeah. The nicest guy. Uh, I hate that they consider him, a, a, you know, J- J- Buckner and Garcia, a one-hit wonder because they deserved a lot more success. Um, they're brilliant musicians and, and just fun guys. Yeah, and the the cool thing is, is like, it's not just that they had this one hit. They are on like they are remembered with such reverence that yeah. in the in the new record like in Wreck It Ralph like um the ending song like Wreck It, it, Wreck familiar, it Ralph the yeah. whole, like the the song of the movie yep. is by Buckner Garcia yeah yeah so I, I think that stuff's really cool that it's not just uh people it's still relevant yeah yeah I think people will be talking about Pac Man Fever for a long time and and even if they're not directly remembering the song they they know the the hype and nostalgia around uh-huh. pac-man but i think it's because of the song that it's been able to have this type of mainstay Well, after all that talk about viruses, I'm starting to get ch- chills run through my body. <laughs> uh, I'm good. Uh, I'm, I'm glad we we're talking about some some nice memories uh, of viruses instead of what's all over the news these days. So, hey, look, if we can do any part to brighten your day and make you forget about washing your hands, or maybe you can listen to this podcast while you're washing your hands. You know, they say to sing the ABC song. Yeah. Maybe we can just... Play a little Pac-Man Fever there instead. You go. Sing Pac-Man Sing. Fever while you're washing your hands. There you go. Well, you can always get a hold of the show if you email us at waybackattackshow at gmail.com. Uh, or you can find the show on Twitter at wayback underscore attack. Uh, or wait, is it wayback underscore attack show? No, wayback no? underscore okay. attack. Okay. Thanks for knowing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's because I said it the other way before. All right. Anyways, you can find me at B.E. Grantham. <laughs> Preston, where can people find I'm you? I'm at Squared Stiff on Twitter and Insta. Um, guys, thanks for listening to the show. And if you have any other fever dreams, any other viruses we should know about or be on the lookout for, let us know. Um, we hope you've enjoyed the show. We look forward to talking to you again very, very soon. <laughs> <laughs>